There's no routine here. A ritual. You never know how God's church is going to turn out any night. Just be ready for any surprise that God may have in church. Praise God. But I've been hearing a lot of news, and uh, I believe what Jesus Christ tells me in the Bible. When I hear things, and when I see things, I shall look up and not be shook up. And if you're a Christian, there are times when you have question for God, and you wait for an answer, and you look for an answer, but I believe all these answers are in this book called the Bible. Amen. Everything God wants to say to me and you is in the Bible. Now, I may not find the first day or the second day I look, but I know it's in that book. And nobody can erase this book. In fact, this book is more sure than the sun and the moon and the stars that shine in the heavens, because the heavens shall pass away. But it says, My word shall not pass away. So I know that the heavens are going to pass away, and the earth is going to flee away, but the word of God abide forever. And that's why I put my faith and trust in the word of God. I want to be a fool for Christ, not a fool for the devil. And we've we got a question we ask God, and God have an answer for what we are asking Him. And we're going to turn tonight to the book of Ezekiel 38 and 39. I hope you don't have any other plans besides being in church tonight, because this could be the night when Jesus comes, and you're going to be with Jesus and the Lord. Amen. And He's coming back with great power, with great anointing. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. Let me give some background here before I go to my study here. I've always told you that our world is built on the Word of God. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 tells you that God in the beginning created the heavens and the earth. I don't need no philosopher or scientist to tell me different. Oh, they can talk all they want to, but they are in the cemetery. All the, the, the minds that are great are in the cemetery. Give them a few years and they'll be gone. But the Word of God abideth forever. So I don't have to pay attention to kingdoms or governments or, or the words that they speak. They speak as a fool. And God said, where are the spirits of this world? God said, where are they? And God told Daniel to tell the king that the heavens rule. And Jesus Christ told Pilate, you don't have any power over me. You are only doing what is done from heaven. John the Baptist says, no man can do these things except it's given from on high. Once I know that, I'm settled. I don't feel handicapped. I don't feel inadequate. I still God set up and God takes down. God lives forever. All those who said God don't exist, they cease to exist, but God continues. Amen. All the little minds that try to dismiss God. You know, they're gone. And God is still here. Not for the and a generation raised up and they know God's name, but don't know those 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 false apostate guys' name. They're forgotten. Amen. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, we have a beautiful lesson of creation. And there we find that God said, in God. Now, he's speaking of the word, so he's before the beginning. So he created time. And he created what's in the universe. And I said, in the beginning, God. And God created what we see today. 
Now, God gave us a sequence of counting. The first counter was not a calculator or abacus. It was God who said, first day, second day, third day. They'll start with kindergarten school or some home or some Harvard. God said, first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth. And he stopped counting. He said, that's the days. So God taught you how to count. Amen. And God said he rested on the seventh day. And God told us that the each day had the evening and the morning. But the seventh day in your Bible does not have an ending. You can look it up in chapter 2. There is no ending on the seventh day. By reading their Bible, you'll discover that all those days are equal. I can tell you, today we have modern saying, today's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then we have Sunday, and start all over again. It's a cycle. But I'm going to tell you that you agree with me that this clock only go around 24 times, right? 12, then 24. 24 hours make what? One day. And I can tell you, if you, if you tell me how many hours is it Monday, I can predict how many days or how many hours are on Friday. How many hours are in Monday? So therefore, if the days are co-equal, how many days are on Friday? How many hours are on Friday, rather? So isn't that great math? Great scientific? I passed my exam. I'm in there. <laughs> Wonderful. And by the same thinking, if I take creation thinking, the first day, the second day, the third day, they all have the same beginning point, the evening and end of the morning. Therefore, they are all equal in duration. Now, I believe in the Scripture we are living in the time when God made Adam. Just read the book of Romans. And God will tell you that your father and my father, Adam, sinned. That's why we got the problems we have today. God says the first man, Adam, brought sin in the world. And since that time, sin and death entered in the world. Because the first man, Adam, did that. So we know God is talking about Adam still. So obviously, when I say today is 2014, you should ask me how I got that number. How did I arrive at that number? Why does 2014? You mean since Adam, it is only 2014 years went by? No. No. Because our Bible and our world civilization around the entire world, like it or not, is divided up in before Christ and after Christ. Now, the word before Christ doesn't mean it's what before his existence, because Christ is eternal. But in terms of giving us direction, God used the term before and A.D. and F. and B.C. and A.D. So we know, without any shadow of a doubt, from the birth of the first man, Adam, of the creation of the first man, Adam, to the coming of the, that boy in that crib, Jesus Christ, a young lad in that crib, is actually 4,000 years. Amen. A man-child called Jesus Christ. 4,000 years. And you want to debate it? That's your problem. But I can tell you, you can discover that in the book of uh, Luke. Luke gives you a, a, a nice listing of the genealogy of the origin of man. And then, since Christ came, they call it zero. 
I mean, Christ came. And we'll start coming from zero to now, which makes it what? 2,014 years since what? Since Jesus Christ was born. Right? He came in the world. So how many years have we gone since the first man, Adam? 4,000 plus 2,000, 6,000. And we got 14 years beyond that. Right? Now, it's very important to get it in your mind. God has placed a time limit on earth. Everything on earth has a time limit. Even my, my life on earth and yours have a time limit. And by grace of God, you may live it out by the time before it happened. But, but God gave us all the time on earth. A time. Amen. Even when he came the first time, his time was limited and set. And he couldn't change it. Now, what I'm trying to tell you, we have, God gave man 6,000 years to have dominion over this earth and reign and rule. After which, he planned to rule by another man, not associated with the first Adam. And that man's name is Jesus Christ. I need to point this out to you because you need to know this from your Bible. I don't know how many of you spend time in your Bible and study it, but let's go to Luke very quickly. Open your Bible, please. Open your Bible. Go look at the screen. Open your Bible. I want to point and show it to you so you know what I'm talking about. In Luke chapter 3 and verse 23, what you have is the first Adam being mentioned there, Jesus Christ. And notice his age, age 30. When God made Adam, that means Adam was a full-grown man, equivalent to age 30. Yes. And now, when you read the end of chapter 3, in verse 38, whose name showed up there? Who's the last man? Adam. Those two Adams are called the Son of God. One is Son by birth, and one is Son by incarnation. Between those two men are literally 4,000 years. It's important you know that because I'm taking you somewhere today. 4,000 years. You don't need no isotope or no x-ray to tell you how old the earth is. Because you start in Genesis and you go to all to Chronicles. You go to uh, Ezra and all those books. And, and here you'll discover that God give you all the genealogy continuation so you can add up their age and find that it's actually 4,000 years. Yes. So we're not guessing that. We're telling you it is in the record. Now, you can speculate and quarrel with it. That's your problem. You don't change the data. But all through the Bible, if you're a scholar, you'll do that. And you'll track down the age. And God only lists the age of people of importance. He does not give you the age of anybody else except those that are important in his biblical future story. All right? Even the woman, when he gives her age, is by special decree. He will give it to you. Otherwise, he will not give it. It's all men all the way through. So chapter 1, chapter 5, 
uh, Genesis and elsewhere down the scripture, we see God giving these things. Now, I'm taking this here. I'm laying a foundation. Now, then Jesus Christ came and died and went away. Now, we know also the prophets, this Bible, faith that we're in, because of apostolics, because we teach the apostles' doctrine. We believe the apostles' teaching. Are called apostolics. Or we call ourselves Pentecostals because we believe in the Jewish festival, festivity called the Day of Pentecost. One of the three Jewish feasts, Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacle. So they have to be fulfilled. We have been grafted into that situation. It's the Pentecostal experience. Acts chapter 2. That's what we have. Now, Acts chapter 2 is called the last days, signified by the coming of Jesus. God in the last day has spoken to us by His Son, His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ signaled the beginning of the last days. And then He poured out the Holy Ghost at that time called in the last days. Like Joel said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. There's no, there's no reference elsewhere else where it happened, except Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter uh, elsewhere, 10, 19, etc. And we all saw the same experience. Now, it's important we understand that, because that's what gives us the qualification for the things I'm going to say to you. The prophet Hosea, chapter 3, is in the Old Testament. They call it the minor prophet. It's not minor. Everything is major. He said, chapter 3, that the nation of Israel shall abide many days without a prophet, priest, king, etc. You look it up, it tells that very clearly. And without a teraphim, you know, an idol, like they used to have Baal worship. And then chapter 6 says, God told Israel, if she'll repent from where she is at, after two days, he would raise up the nation of Israel. Keep in mind, nation would start at Mount Sinai. You know that. When they got married to God at Mount Sinai, as a nation of Israel. These are the twelve sons of Jacob, named Israel. And they became a nation. God told Israel, who was in Baxter in the state, If you will repent, after two days, I will raise you up in the third day. Now you're going to say, how long is a day, Pastor Neil? You know I'm not talking about 24-hour day. Otherwise, it would have happened the next day. The prophet says that, right? And you know there are several days in the Bible. There's a creative day in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, that's a different day from the one in Psalms 90. Psalms 90 says a day with the Lord is what? 1,000 years. And Peter repeated that. So it's established. That's not the same day mentioned in the book of Genesis chapter 1. And when God talks about your day and my day on this earth, He's not talking about, amen, Psalms 90. Your day is based on the sun, the moon, and the stars. 24 hours. So 3 and 10 are your days. After that, generation is passed. Or a new one begins. It's important you understand those, because that put in perspective what our world does not understand, and they're ignorant, and they're blind to what's going on, and you should not be ignorant of that. God wants you to know what's in His book. And so, 
That's God's calendar. That's God putting time in perspective. When God says, in the fullness of time, He's talking about His prophetic time that He sent on our world. He put a prophetic time, and it says, my time has come, or my time is not yet. Talking about his mom, my time is not yet. All right, so after two days, I will raise them up, and the third day, they will live in a sight. What he's trying to say to Israel is, from the time of Adam, right, up to the first coming, you, you're going to serve me one day. You, you're going to reject me completely. But I'm going to raise you up. After two days, after my first coming, I'm going to raise you up, and you're going to live in my presence. Look at the map I'm going to show you right now. Here's the map. God is saying, after Christ's coming, you're going to raise up Israel. Are you with me? 2,000 years later. And the third day, they're going to live in a side. So really from here all the way to here is 2,000 years. And God says, Israel will, will live for him during this period, which is 1,000 years. So really, from the birth of Christ to the second coming of Christ will be 2,000 years. Now, folks, tell me, folks, don't fall asleep. You need to know this. From the birth of Christ, going back, way back to the first Adam, the man Adam, is 4,000 years. You can't forget that. It's important to you to know that. Otherwise, you have no idea how close you are to where everybody's doing. You need to have a roadmap like a pilot flying a plane. You need to be recognize the landmass where you are. I'm trying to show you that this Bible is accurate 100%. And everything is happening and galloping towards the fulfillment of his statement. Alright? Now, so, I'm going to tell you that we Christians are living right here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John covers obviously the birth of Jesus Christ and in the ministry. But from Acts right to Revelation, the first chapter, that covers 2,000 years. I'm going to stand that. 2,000 years in operation. And now we're seeing the closing of that 2,000 years in terms of prophetic utterances. So really, the closing of the book of Acts is the book of Revelation. Get that plain. Many of you will get that message. Jesus as the chief apostle, the 13th apostle, that's what he was, wrote that letter to his pastors to tell us what is about to happen to our world government, kingdoms of this world, and the coming of his kingdom. Jesus is doing exactly to his church what Jehovah did to Israel when they were in Babylon. When they were in Babylon, the Lord told Daniel and the king of Nebuchadnezzar the future of the kingdom of this world by giving him chapter 2 of Daniel an image that represents the times of the Gentiles from the head to the toe 
both settings show the finality of the kingdoms of the earth. They all climax in the same ending. Notice that. The ten toes is where the stone came and hit it and it fell. But Daniel and John in the same place. They both tell the same story in different time period. And there was no collusion between them. Now, what I'm saying to you is, is to know what time it is, where we are, and where this thing is going, and what we should be doing. I'm telling you, it's a sad case if you don't know where we are and where we're going. <laughs> a lot of people don't care to know, don't even want to know, and they realize they should know. But Jesus Christ says, don't be deceived. You should know what's going on. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because our news is everywhere. What you don't see on this map, you do not see anywhere on this map, Russia. Russia is not on this map. You don't see it there. You can't find it there. But you see countries like Iraq, Persia, Iran, Greece, Rome, and then the division of Eastern Europe, East and West, and Ten Toes. Their name's not given, but you don't see the name Russia. It's important. But if I go to Genesis chapter 10, go there, and you see a name called Gog, and May, I mean Magog, a name mentioned which would make this name the grandson of Noah. He comes from the father, Japheth. Shem, Ham, and Japheth are the three survived sons of Noah who came through the flood and survived. And they populate the earth. Every one of us came from Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I don't care what your color is, what your name is, what your language is. I can tell you where your language came from. Your language came into existence in Genesis chapter 11. You need to know that. You also need to know the first kingdoms of this world was the one. There was no kingdom in the book of Genesis 1 up to the flood. But after the flood, there was a kingdom. And we know the kingdom came into existence called Babel, being Babylon. Right between the seas, the river Euphrates and the river Tigris. Now, man can change a lot of stuff, but he can't relocate the rivers. So we can go back and look at it and see them. And we know Iraq was the location of the Garden of Eden. Iraq is the place where the land between the rivers. That's where civilization began. That's where Adam and Eve were. And that's where Nimrod set up his kingdom. Right there. Now, it's important you know because they are in the news. They're on your video screen. They're in everywhere. But you're just reading past it like every nation did, you know, and not really what's going on. I'll give an example. When Lot left Sodom, I mean, those angels passed by those people, and they had no idea what's going to happen to that city. 
when Noah went on the ark, we had no idea the flood's about to come and wash them away. Well, we know what's happening. We're seeing evidences that are telling us something's going to happen, and we've got to be prepared ourselves. And if you don't know this, you won't prepare yourself. Now, and so the first kingdom is Babel. Now, hear this, hear this parable. The first shall be the last, and the last shall be the first. Meaning the first will become the tail, and the tail will become the what? The head. So Jesus Christ's kingdom will be the last kingdom on earth after the ten toes are gone. And his kingdom shall have no end. Isaiah 9, 6. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. So we know that right now, Jesus Christ is building a kingdom on earth. And he said the kingdom of God is within us. It's within you and me. It's not a building. It's not uh, concrete or steel. It's people who are going to reign with him forever in eternity. First with the millennium and then in eternity. His kingdom will be the last kingdom on earth during the millennium for a thousand years. And he will become the first and the last. But before him, there was Nimrod kingdom. That's the first kingdom. Called Babylon. And everybody who lived like Babylon is nicknamed Babylon, but they're not Babylon. Every girl in the church that wear necklaces and earrings and all that paint in the face is called Jezebel. But they're not the true Jezebel. But they behave like Jezebel. And God nicknamed them that, right? God called Israel Sodom. But we know Israel is not Sodom. Am I right? God called them Gomorrah. I've called them that in Revelation. So where the Lord was crucified. But God wasn't crucified in Sodom and Gomorrah. He was crucified in Israel. Right? But God called that Sodom and Gomorrah. Because they're behaving like those people. I understand that. So understand the difference, folks. Now, so why am I telling you all this? I want to tell you here where we are. So human government is still in operation. Right now, the Canadian government is, is a human government. Russia is a human government. The United States is a human government. Every country has a human government. And they all got their beginning at chapter 11, when God scattered them, gave them their languages, and then differences come in culture and customs, and they spread out, and they divide the land up after the flood, and now they're all over the place, right? And they have different feelings towards God. Some said there is no God. Some make up their own gods, and some find God. God of that sort. Now, so the question is, why are you teaching us this? I'm not teaching Revelation tonight. I'm talking to you about a prophet. His name is Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a priest of Israel. And God gave him some information, which I want to talk to you about. Now, God only put this Bible together because of the nation of Israel. Everything you read from Genesis 12 up to Malachi is about the nation of Israel. You don't exist. You don't count. And if you did, your ancestors were pagans. Barbaric, like Isis. Do terrible things. Cut heads off. Chop people's hands off. And 
just barbaric. And the job of Ezra was to convert you. But they didn't. They did not. Even Jonah would have no part of with it. Just said, no way. And God said, you are going to go. <laughs> All right. However, God said, I'll, I'll visit the Gentiles someday, which he did through Jesus Christ. Now, Jerusalem, we'll come back to Jerusalem later on and talk about her. I'm going to show you some things here. Now, I'm not, I'm not an artist, but I'll give you some artist impression here. I'm looking for ways to help you to understand some things here. All right? Russia is our prime focus today. I want to talk to you about Russia. The Russian company. And they're called Magog. Can you see it in Genesis? I'm looking to find it in Genesis chapter 10. Look it up. Magog. The land of Magog. It doesn't say Russia. It says Magog. Now, this is deep <laughs> study of geography and linguistic and lexicon and all that stuff. But I won't take you there and confuse you. But you can confirm this if you want to. Russia, as we know it today, came all the way from chapter 10. And they were barbarians. They're linked with the Huns and the Sictians. Everything north of Palestine is called the land of Magog. Up to including China, Japan, and if you look at your map, you'll see that India, China, Japan are all north of where? Jerusalem. The far north. Okay? You're going to learn later on why the great China wall was built was to keep them out. China built that wall in the beginning to keep the land, the land of Magog from coming into their property and invaded them. You can look that history up. And they call that the Magog wall. The wall of China. The wall of... Okay? That wall is linked with Alexander the Great. It's linked with all these great men. And they built that wall to keep out invaders. The Huns. And all those people in the land called the land of Magog. And they call it the Great Wall of Magog. Alright? We'll talk some more about it later on. But back to, to, to Russia here. We're going to first do this thing. Go to the scripture and show you how to fall in place. That these guys are acting out what God wanted to do. In 1840 to 1916, we have the era of Karl Marx who brought in communism. Communism said there is no God. And they rejected the imperialistic system, speaking of bourgeois as the rich, and called the poor the proletariat. The poor. And talk about uh, socialism. This was developed between Stalin and Karl Marx and Lenin and they began to spread around the world, their philosophy. Okay, in 1917 and with the formation of the Soviet Union, right, under Stalin. In 1945, 1957, with the spread of communism worldwide. After World War II, 
we see the Berlin Wall was established. And Europe was divided into two, Eastern Europe and Western Europe. The Berlin Wall was there. All right? Now, in 1957, 1957 to 1979, China and her cultural revolution uh, under Maoism, Chairman Mao, the red, the red Book. Remember that story? And Tiananmen Square. We're going to that area where Tiananmen Square where he had a cultural revolution. And coming to spread around the world. All right? And then in 1980-1992, we have the collapse of communism, which gave rise to the release of Eastern Germany, East Germany, so that we could have the ten toes in place. Because God said there's going to be a ten formation of European current market in the place, but could not be as long as Soviet Union had control of Eastern Europe. But while they're, once they're released, now Greece became ten and the countries are in place. Very important for you to know that. The collapse of, of communism was on the perestroika, perestroika on the, on the, see him again, uh, Gorbachev, which he pulled it down by his, not one gun, not one shot fired. The burning wall came down, not one shot fired. It was an act of God. Everybody was surprised. Not United States, not America, not England. God did. God brought it down and not one shot fired. Everybody was afraid of Russia. And yet God raised a man called Gorbachev who brought it down from inside Russia and not one shot fired. And, and dissolved Soviet Union greatness. And then we see uh, the ECM was formed, the Berlin Wall was removed, and Germany became one United Nations since World War II. All right? Now, so what happened here uh, in, in 1993, 1993, we see here the rise of uh, nationalism in Russia. They want to regain back their place of prominence that they had. Because don't forget, Russia started out with kings and czars, and they killed their czars and brought communism into being. Marx and Lenin did that. Okay, and so Putin, who was in power for a while, stepped down, stepped back up, and now he has a desire to put Russia back to where it was. To do that, he has to muscle his way through Europe and wherever he can, but the restraining power is the USA. And so the, the arm race is, is on. It used to be when communism was at their heights. And now, you recall when Kennedy and, and uh, Castro had a problem and the Russian blockade and all that stuff, and the world thought we're one second to midnight, amen, we're going to have a nuclear war and all that stuff. And they were scared, and then Khrushchev back down, went home, and then demoted him and fired him, and he died in exile. Okay, now, <coughs> we find here that Putin, a KGB chief, is now at the head. Just like in Rome, the Pope, number one, is one of the Jesuit priests from the head of the Jesuit system. So God is organizing all these countries historically to fulfill presently what must happen futuristically. God will declare the end from the beginning 
are removing and putting back in place the men and women that he wants to bring into being his situation. And so you hear this. Now, the Ukraine, Ukraine have got to go back to Russia. Like it or not, they have to. And nobody's going to touch Russia in those situations because they're scared of the power that she has and the bombs she can use to blow up the world. And they're not... It's not like going to Africa and jump, jump off a plane and blow up Africa and walk home back. You just don't know to Russia. They can blow up several states in the United States and a lot more. So they're very careful. They will not get involved in that war. They're scared. They're, they're afraid of her. They're, they really are. And the problem is now, Putin is doing what the Soviet Union didn't do in the beginning. Link up with Islam. Now we're seeing a, a marriage between Islamic extremism and Putinism. They have one common enemy in the West. Israel. Western culture and Christianity. They are in agreement against those forces. So they become bed partners. United States dollars is being devalued. They change their money from American dollar to the EU system. The Pope is playing the diplomatic role of sitting on the fence with all these guys. Now, it's important to understand this. So these guys are in the news. Now, I know you ignore it. I didn't pay attention to the news. But my job as a pastor to talk to you. And what you do then is that your problem. You know? But I want to tell you what I know. All right? We can identify Russia as, we'll see later on as Russia I'm talking about. Russia is in the Bible. And Russia, in Ezekiel, are going to find God does not have Russia as a world empire power. In fact, Russia is not even called a king. You're going to find the word king in Ezekiel 38-39. You see, the prince. Prince being a military leader. Somebody with supernatural not just for natural, but military might and power that's reigning over that land mass, that vast. Right now, Canada is going to the far north to, 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 uh, to emphasize her sovereignty as far as deep into Alaska. When I was in Alaska, I wasn't too far away from Russia when I was in Alaska. It's not very far away. And so Canada bordered on Alaska and Russia. She does. And Canada's trying to show that she... But Canada's no match for Russia, military-wise. There's no way. But she has to join the, the UN and join also the European system to get coverage. That's what she does. She's a part of that pact. Now, you're going to find things like uh, uh, Gog and Magog. Okay? Gog is a person. Magog is a landman. When it's in North America, it's not just Canada. It covers all that comes into that sphere of this Western world. Western world, the West, means all of this side, right? All the countries involved. And so, when we say Magog, it's not just Russia only, but Russia is the prince, the leader. When God spoke in chapter 10 of, of Daniel, he spoke about the prince of Greece who withstood Michael. Not Michael, but Gabriel. 
Remember that story? And Gabriel had to call for who? Call for Michael to help him. The prince of Persia withstood him while he fought with the prince of Greece. Now being the leader, the military might. And so, so Magog, believe it or not, you know the Great Wall of China is called Magog in history? Look it up. You'll find that the Great Wall of China is called the Great Gate of Magog. And really it was built to protect China from the invading Russians. Russia is linked with the Huns and the Mongolians and the Bolsheviks and the Ukrainians. They're all together. Slavic nations. That's who they are. Collectively, it's the land of Magog. And they bought it with China. And China was afraid of them. Because they were known, very skillful in horses. And so they built this high wall so the horses couldn't come over into China. That's called the Wall of Magog. Alright? The, the Arabs call it, uh, I can't speak Arab here, but Adit al-Magog. M-A-A-J-O-G. Magog. Now, you're going to find the name, not Rush, not Russian Bible, but Rus. Rus is the is the ancient name for modern-day Russia. A lot of these countries change their names. Some maintain their old name and some change their name. Like Libya is still called Libya. Ethiopia is called Zaire today, or some other name. Right? It's or, not Eritrea. They change the name. But it's called Ethiopia in history. All right? And Ethiopia means more than just Eritrea. It means a whole vast part of Africa. A lot more than they have today. Okay? Things have changed a whole lot under the British, the French, and the English. I mean, and the, <coughs> the Americans. <coughs> now look at this right here. Magog is the Great Wall of China. They call that wall that. Alexander the Great is also credited for building on that wall. Because the Chinese alone didn't build it. Many effort went into building that wall. And the whole idea was to keep out the, the marauding uh, Mongoloids and, and, and mongrels, or whatever they call themselves, and Huns from coming. But it began in the 5th century B.C., it's called the, the Wall of Al-Magog. means to keep the invading Magog out. So all that area you're looking at there is built and occupied by a prince. Okay? Here's the Bible, the Middle East, as and Russia. How do those two come into being? Again, I'll take the scripture last. I want to show you the modern day events that's happening. And show you they're not doing nothing new that God is surprised by. God is allowing the fulfillment, and we're watching it before our very eyes. And not even realize what's going on. We should be like Daniel, who understand by the reading of the prophets what's taking place. That's how we're going to know. That's how he knew that 70 years had fulfill, were fulfilled. God told Israel to two as I raise you up. So right now, what God promised to do to Israel will be hijacked by all of God's enemies. First, by Babylon, Media Persia, Grecian, all these are all these are persecutors of Israel. All those exchanged Israel in their hands. All those at one time owned the place called Palestine. They own it. And Israel is out. 
Now, God wants to bring Israel back to that homeland after they've suffered for so many years. They're trying to come back home. And all the detractors are saying it's not going to happen. Because we were here before they came. Now, they're ignoring the historical fact that the land rightfully belonged to Israel. But they can't understand how Israel was kicked out and God was the one behind it. And now God's trying to bring them back. But God's an invisible power. You can't. You go tell the judge downtown, God told him to do it, he's going to laugh at you. So who's God? I don't know him. The judge will say that because they're rude, right? And, and like Pharaoh did. All right? Look at this here. God told Israel, after two days I'll raise you back up. And those two days are starting right now. So we're in that prophetic fulfillment. You are in the fulfillment of Hosea 6, 1 to 2. You're literally in it. You're in it. And you're seeing all the enemies are rising up to prevent that from happening. Remember Peter? Tried to stop Jesus from going to Calvary, didn't he? He grabbed him and shook him. Is he not going? What did Jesus say? Get behind me, what? Satan. You call him Satan. <laughs> You're going to stop me from going to Calvary? It's written. I must go there. Now, look at this. The Bible is the most accurate source of Middle Eastern history. Not this book, but the Bible. It's 100% accurate archaeologically about place and time, both past, present, future. The Bible is 100% accurate about nations, origins, and their propagations, and what they're all about, their kingdoms, whether the nation in conflict over the land of Palestine. It's, it's very progressive and it's very also authentic. We know in chapter 17 of Isaiah, it talks about the fall of Damascus. Damascus has not yet fallen. It will fall. Right now, Damascus is about to fall. When Damascus falls, it will join with Iraq and become one country. That's what Isis is all about, to make it one big country owned by them. That's when Damascus will fall. Now, guess what? Iraq already has fallen. It's fallen. You didn't know this, but year 2000, uh, Saddam, uh, I mean, Saddam, yes, he did build, rebuild Babylon. How many of you did that? He built the whole thing, all like from day one, to the whole, back to the whole thing, and invited all the head of nations and tried to fulfill Scripture. But it was torn down. It fell apart. And he's dead. But he did rebuild it. All right? So we're seeing in Isaiah 13 and verse 9:22, Iraq has fallen. Damascus will fall. And then in Revelation 17, 18, Rome will fall. Russia will fall. In Ezekiel 38, 39, Satan will fall. In chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, also in chapter 12 of Revelation, and we're going to see the fall and the rise of Israel in Zechariah 14. We're going to see all those things happen. Amen? We're going to see the, the fall of the kingdom of this world, Daniel 2. The Holocaust, actually, was the fulfillment of Ezekiel 37. Go there, please. If you read Ezekiel 37, and we come to the last three verses, that's where the problems start. After the Holocaust, Israel will go back in her homeland and possess it, which took place in 1948. And when that possession took place, the world never 
remain the same. It's an inflagrated world between Arabs and Israel over this land. Now, the Holocaust, the word Holocaust means burnt offering. It's exactly what Hitler did, and Hitler is a descent of the Amalekites. And if you take Gog and put A instead of O, you get Agag. I mean, you see that. Think about it. And the Agarines, they hated Israel. Communism and all these abominations see Israel as enemy number one. That must be alliterated. Now, it's a strange bedfellow to have communism and Islam together. Islam believes in a God. Communism does not. But because of one common enemy, Israel, the West, Christianity, hello, and the Western way of living, then Russia will go along with them and become their vanguard and their protector. Why the United States is blamed for intruding in Middle Eastern thing. They hate them for that. And they claim that the West is favored Israel. So they hate them for that. Now, let's go on. And so the fall of China is mentioned along, so you're going to fall with Russia also. And I'll show you how. In Revson 9 and 19. And then finally, the fall of the whole world system, the UN, and all this of the world, going to happen right here. In Zechariah 14 when all the nations of the world will come and they'll be destroyed by the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, here's where the problems start. I believe all the peace treaties that are being signed right now, you must understand why those peace treaties are coming into being. Uh, the ministers don't care about Canada or the United States, really, except that they're infiltrating their business, right? But, the jihad, that word means to struggle. Islam means submission. And that old system means you struggle against anything that interferes with your belief or your belief system or your culture. And you force them into submission to that system. And if they don't, then the sword is submission or the sword. If they submit, you tax them and subjugate them. If they don't, use a sword on them. Now, could it be that that's also linked with Israel, who shall live by the sword? And the sword will be against all men, meaning all nations. And I said, Israel will be a wild man. But then also, <laughs> Jacob told Esau that he'll be a what? A man that will live by the sword. Because Jacob will have all, I mean, uh, his brother will have all the blessing. I mean, Isaac told him that, right? Have all the blessing, right? So they'll live by the sword. Out of whom came the Amalekites? And the Amalekites are, they hated Jacob for life. Read, read Obadiah, read about it. Those things are happening right now. I'm the pastor telling you, I'm seeing, I'm telling you what's going on. I'm not meaning to bore you with the facts, but they're happening. 
in our time, <laughs> on our earth, in our generation, we're watching it happening. And I'm telling you, it should make us behave a certain way. Now, Israel became a nation in 1948. They always were, but, you know, after the Holocaust, the British. You know, in 1917, the Ottoman Empire, who, who was reigning over Israel for a while, for several years, the Ottoman Empire, we've been there in Turkey, we've been there, we've seen the system. On, on, on the 1917, they planned to go to the western gate, eastern gate rather, and they planned to blow it up to prevent the scripture fulfilled that Israel Messiah would come through that gate. That was the same year, the same month, and the same day the British took it from the Ottoman Empire. Amazing. And that gate remained sealed. You saw it. We got pictures here to show you if you don't believe it. It remains sealed. It will not be open until Jesus returns in Zechariah 14 and his foot touch, touch, Mount of Olives, facing that gate. Then it will be open. Then it will go right through it to Armageddon War to fight. Now, so all these things are in play. 1948 is the recrimination, and that caused a great war. In that war, several things happened. Israel and the Arabs fought a League of Arabs. And guess what happened? When they settled the war, Jerusalem was divided into two. The eastern part of old Jerusalem was under the control of Jordan, called Transjordan. Okay? That means the old Jerusalem under Jordan. We, we, we did visit that place. Now they're all one now. But for several years ago, it was not so. And the western side was under the Israelites' control. And then, in 1967, the Arabs had a, a crazy idea under Nasser, Nasser, the king of Egypt, he decided that he was going to go and take back Palestine from Israel and give it back to the Palestinians. Now, the Palestinians... By record, are Jordanians born in Israel. So by right, they, 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 they do live in Israel. They were born there. So they call it their homeland. But then the real landlord came and said, You don't belong here. You're squatters. And started to take over places. Now, what happened? The war started. And the, the war, when it, when it, before it got started, it was instigated by the Russians. The Russian leader on the Kusigan, the KGB, gave wrong information to the Egyptian that Israel is a massing army to invade Syria and Egypt. It was a lie. Nasser didn't want to fight, but Nasser was compelled to do something about it. And so he, um, he went and told his generals. They amassed their armies together, and the euphoric group came into being, and they, they began to cheer Nasser as a champion of the cause until he found out when they were ready to go to war, it's a lie. KGB lied. There was no such thing. Check the history. You'll find that. 
And they lied about what. And so he can't. He didn't want to fight, but he can't back down because he feared if he backed down, he'll be viewed as being weak and be assassinated. So he has to continue the euphoric command. And they were telling each other, we're going to have lunch in Jerusalem the next few days. <laughs> we'll meet you at Palestine Center. We're going to have lunch there. Now, so Israeli have no idea what's going on, are celebrating their normal festivities. And when they found out that they're going to be attacked, Israel have no army ready to go. They're not ready to fight. They're a politician like Chamberlain. One in peace and a war. And for 14, for 21 days, both sides debating, should we fight or not fight? They're both scared to fight. But they're, they're pushed by their countries to go fight. And so the Arabs says, we're going to regain back our land. We gotta, let's go get it. Let's go get it. And the Jews says, we don't want to fight. We don't want to fight. And the guy says, if you don't, they're going to attack us. And so... So what happened was, the leader of Israel was forced to resign, right? And another guy took over, uh, I think his name is, uh, I can't remember his name now, but he's got one, a, 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 a patch over his eyes, I can't remember his name, that Moshe Dayan, right, he took over, and he said, we'll go fight, we'll fight. He put all the armies together, and Israel, Israel Prime Minister went to, Ben-Guri, Ben-Guri said, you have no business going to war with those guys. We're not ready to fight those guys. And so, Moshe Dayan, <laughs> amen, became the leader. And the, the general that was in the army, he had a, he, uh, his name is uh, Rabin, he had a mental breakdown over the situation. But all the time, God was working, and they don't realize it. So, Israel decided to go first and attack. Joshua told them, do not attack. The Russians gave all the MiG fighters to Egypt and, and Syria to wipe out Israel. Get rid of them. Them cease to be a nation. But they don't know that, oh, that's biblical, what they're saying. And God is pulling them into a situation to prove that jihad will not win the war against the act of redemption. God is redeemed by the land and redeemed by His people and want to restore back their worship. But it will come on a great tribulation, great fight. And so all this seemed very political, and then Israel decided, we got to have the first attack. I was going to be defeated. So they fly in low, low, low as possible to evade the, the, the sight of the airplanes and uh, the radar system and they knocked out over several 200 airplanes big fighters from Egypt knocked out every single one Egypt didn't even know what's going to happen to them and when they did that that crippled Egypt and then it was time for Syria make a long story short when the battle was done in two days in two days that six day war and in two days are you with me? From the time the sixth day they decided to fight to the sixth day, which is two days, they won the war. All right? Look what happened. The whole landmass changed when the war was over. The Gaza Strip, all right? The Santa Peninsula was taken from Egypt. The West Bank was taken in the war. 
East Jerusalem was taken from Jordan and the Golan Heights from Syria. That's amazing. It was so quick and decisive that <laughs> when the Egyptians and the Syrians were losing the war on Jordan, because Jordan made a mistake, uh, Nasser lied to Jordan and said, We're in the war! Because Jordan went and joined with, with Egypt and and. The, the, the Israelites said do not join that war instead of it but they took courage and put their army under the Egyptian control are you with me and when they did that they, they, the Egyptians told them attack Jerusalem a mistake because by attacking Israel was able to get back east Jerusalem from Jordan they realized that King Hussein is the direct descendant of Mohammed and his job is to protect the mosque. That's his job. He lost it. That's why they want him dead. And they did chase him out of the country. He lost it to the Israelites. And the Goliath was lost from Syria and Israel. And they couldn't understand how they won the war. NASA phoned Jordan and said, Look, here's what happened. Let's tell the people that England and America was fighting alongside with Israel and that's why we lost the war they couldn't understand this was the second war Israel fought with the Arabs the first one 1948 they brought a partition in the second war 1967 war trying to gain back those places and they lost so what Israel gained back was the Golanite the old, the old Jerusalem city the temple wall Damascus and, and Damascus, they could almost take Cairo and Damascus, and, and also the Sinai Peninsula. They took that, and the Gulf, and the West Bank. All that was regained in the Six-Day War. Here's what happened. On the seventh day, a rabbi climbed upon the Wailing Wall, took a ram horn, and blew it. And Israel shouted they said both, both pagan Jews, religious Jews, you can tell the difference between them. They were all shouting at the Wailing Wall because all those years they could not go there. weren't allowed to go there. And they said this reminded them of the Wall of Jericho because on the sixth day they went around. On the seventh day they went around seven times and the wall collapsed. And there's what's so called the six-day war because in six days they gained back every promise God made to Abraham all the position of the land now what do you think has happened to Israel well Russia Kosygin told Israel I mean Johnson tell those Israelites stop the war now or are we going to intervene ourselves so Israel had to stop because Johnson told him to stop but they're on their way to take Cairo and also Damascus. Now, next war they fought is the Yom Kippur War. I'm trying to show you. At some point, the 850 false prophets at Mount Sinai had to face off with Elijah. And which of those gods were the real God? The God of Elijah? are the God of the 850 false prophets. Well, they first prayed. 
they outnumber Elijah. But when it comes to time for Elijah to pray, 64 words he prayed, and fire came, and they knew supernaturally that nobody lit a fire. Because the contest was nobody must light a match, so to speak. Nobody was to bring any flame, but pray and let the God that you serve and the God that I serve, we're going to pray separate prayer, build separate altar, and see whose God bring the fire. Now, church, that's important. We understand. It was to the supernatural act of God. That day, God's fame increased. Everybody said, the Lord, He is God, and they stoned those 850 prophets. I believe the same thing as was happening in the Six-Day War, the same thing happening in 1948, and the same thing happened in the Yom Kippur War. Because the Yom Kippur War, Sadat, an Egyptian king who, who, who took over from NASA, came on the scene and said, I'm going to regain back everything you lost. And while, while Israel is worshipping the, the Day of Atonement, they have a surprise attack by a league of Islamic Arab nations. Now, folks, you've got to understand what's going on. Because all this, Russia is behind it. Russia is fueling the hatred. Russia is giving them the weapons and telling them, you can win, you must win. And so they're following that leadership. And every time they go, they lose us. Now, folks, look at this. They almost wiped out Israel. Again, a miraculous act took place. And when the war was over, Israel was right at the mouth of Damascus, red in the Cairo, and they took back the Suez Canal. And Sadat got defeated. Three times. Three times. What did the prophet told the king when Elisha was dying? Come on. Smite the ground. He went one, two, three, and stop. He said, why did you stop? You should have hit it seven times. And that would have brought victory forever. And you would never see the war with Syria anymore. So from now on, you're going to have three victories. And after that, wars forever. Now, folks, clap your hands and you fall asleep on me. And I'm telling you, folks, you can sleep all you want to, but if this world changes tomorrow, I have no idea where you're going to end up. There won't be a church like this till you come to. You've got to have an answer for the times. Or recant and lose your soul. Because it's just to recant and live or confess and die. Exactly what Paul did. Apostle Paul thought he was pleasing God. And he crucified people, put them in jail, murdered them, slaughtered them, and had to recant or die. Hebrews said they chose to die. Hello. I don't know if you will. But I said they knew their God. And they were strong. You think you know your God. If you don't know what you stand for, you'll fall for everything. You've been listening to me tonight. And so the Bible so we know the Bible says these things are going to happen. And so look what happened. Russia again intervened and stopped the war. America kowtowed to it and gave in. And so, okay, Israel back off. 
Now Israel figure, we have enough land we can offer for peace. You have several places going out, West Bank and all that. You've been there, we've been there, we've seen it. It has brought no peace at all. But the point I'm trying to make here, in each of these wars, it was not the weapon of war that won the war. It was the turn of hand, hand of God. They said, one, one Egyptian told a story. He saw a big angel stood and, and stood and stopped him from going to the city. Jordan could have kept, could have kept Jerusalem, but the king, Nasser, made a mistake. He gave him the wrong advice, <laughs> and he lost Jerusalem. Now, folks, why am I taking all this? Stay with me. When you go into Ezekiel, you're going to find these names. You're going to find these names. Ezekiel 38. Go there, please. I wish to God I didn't have to teach you this. God, I don't think I need to teach you this. But I hope you're receiving it. And if you don't, I think it's a shame on you. God's people are going to be destroyed because of lack of knowledge. You'd be surprised how many people the Antichrist is going to deceive. Jesus' name people who are going to recant, give in, and not realize they're being deceived because they did not know the Word of God. And they did not know what was going on. They fell for it. When you read Ezekiel, these names comes up. The ancient name and the modern names, I'm going to tell you. Gog is the name of the prince. Magog is the name of the place. That's the Russians' leadership. Meshek and Tubal mean today Moscow and Tobolsky. Slavics. Persia mean Iran, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Ethiopian mean the Ethiopian and the Sudanese. Libya mean the Libyans today, same name. Gomer means the Soviet bloc of Eastern Europe. Togoma could mean either Turkey or Southern Russia. And many other nations allied. I believe these nations allied include China, Japan, Korea. These are the Magog land. I mean the big land mass. Like you got Western Can Western North America. You got Magog. Magog's name of a land mass. And what's so strange about all these countries, except one, they're all Islamics. Good or bad, that's what they are. And they have one common enemy, the nation of Israel. The Western world, the United States. And Russia is feeding the fire for them to hate the West and will arm extremism in the Islamic group or the Arabic group, for example, they will violate the convention and give materials and fuel to Iran and Tehran and all Korea to build nuclear weapons. Because Russia knows it's going to be used on the West. You say they won't succeed? I prove to you they will succeed. You read Malachi chapter 4. Burning, fire. Melting, ice melting in the hole, mean neutron bomb. You know what a neutron bomb is? It don't blow up building and just tear up your flesh. Eat you alive. How will they get it? Russia will give it to them. 
Yes. She will. All right. Now, I'm sure some more, some more things I want to show you. Psalms 83. Again, jihad versus, versus the redemption of Israel. Redemption of Israel means restoration of the nation of Israel back to the place of prominence before their sin against God. They told Jesus Christ, away with you. You are not our king. Caesar is our king. That means the Antichrist is their king. Because I carry my father's name. You would have me. And now they're coming his own name. Him you will receive. That him means the beast, the Antichrist. Now, look at this here. The Six-Day War, Yom Kippur War, 948 War, in, in all three cases, for some reason, Jihad attempts failed to overcome Israel. And all the attempts were to annihilate, obliterate Israel. Every one of those attempts was to wash and destroy that nation. It just never happened. They never won one war. And the dream of every Islamic country is, if we could just win one war, that would be the end of Israel. And that dream never seemed to come through because of Genesis chapter 12. The Six-Day War. We see an allied force of Arabs or Ishmaelites coming together. The Jihad Islamic group, governments, Islamic, Islamic extremism, Islamic fundamentalism, involved in the Jihad means struggle, struggling, struggling with the United States, struggling with Jews, struggling with Christians, struggling with the West, and struggling with infidels in countries that are strongly Islamic. Christianity don't exist. In Christian countries, they use your system and, and fight for rights to exist. Note, Jephthah shall enter the tent of Shem. Esau and Ishmael shall live by the sword. Look at this now, folks. I hope I'm not wasting my time talking to you. So help me, God. I know I'm right. I'm trying to help you out here. Psalm 83. Go there very quickly. I'll point those nations out to you. And if you read the first, if you read, in fact, you read the entire chapter, which I can't do tonight. Well, we should, because God wants us to read His Word. I'm teaching God's Word. I'm not just preaching to you in my, my mind. I'm telling what God says in His Word. And you need to know this. Psalm 83. These are the nations. God named them. Edom, Esau's son. Moab, from Lot. Amalek, Esau's grandson. Ammon. Now, Ammon is what some... I remember that name. Who, somebody's call, son called Ammon. I can't remember his name now. But I know he's one of those Israelis that broke away. Liquid in Israel. Jordan, the people of Lebanon. Ishmaelites, the Palestinians and Syrians. Hagarines, Arabs. Gebel, from Beirut. I'm giving you the historical and the present name. Tyra, people of Lebanon. Philistines, which is Palestinians. Assyria, which is Iraq. And Damascus, Syrians. God named them. And notice, it's different invasion. They're coming at different time in Israel. Not at the same time. Why? 
Because one Islamic group is called Sunni, and one's called what? Shiites. The Shiites are called heretics by the Sunnis. The Isis belong to the Sunnis, who are the minority right now where they are, and they're fighting for dominance, and they're behaving very, very contrary, even to Al-Qaeda, say they're not behaving right. Now, I'm not going to go into that, but I'm trying to tell you what they're, what they're doing. You know, beheading people. Well, beheading is in the book of Revelation. He said people die for the name of Jesus being beheaded. John got beheaded. Paul got beheaded for the name of Jesus Christ. Will you be beheaded? I wonder who's going to take your head off your body. Think about it. It could happen. Am I trying to scare you? No. I'm trying to tell you the reality. You know, they said that, this is what people said, that Islam, in fact, a taxi driver told me that they have an expansion program around the world to populate the world with children or by getting into offices of great political persuasion. And when the, when the call is given, they'll rise up and they'll take over the world and go back to the days of the Ottoman Empire system of prominence. That's what they want to do. Now, if that happens, then I can see why Europe and even North America may end up becoming a police state out of fear. During World War II, the Japanese were quarantined because that fear that Japanese from Canada would change side. Remember when David joined the army? They said, we don't want to come with us, David, because you may change side in the middle of the war and fight against us. Right? So out of fear, they may even uh, persecute uh, Muslims out of fear. They might do that. I right, understand that. All right? Now, and so we're seeing in the Six-Day War, the Yom Kippur War, 1948, in every case, jihad lost. At some point, they should ask themselves the question, why is there a God not helping us? Why every time Israel have this miraculous help? Even though they're outnumbered, outgunned, Russia support them. It's always a surprise attack. Never Israel first. Now Israel is dead scared of Iran ever getting the nuclear weapon. Where do you think they use it? On them. You see, they believe the Mahdi must come, and the Mahdi can't come until certain things happen. One of those things is to get rid of Israel. Now, look at this, folks. Psalm 83, I want you to look at this very carefully. Psalm 83, Cummings, is different from Ezekiel 38. They're two different groups. Notice here, you don't have Persia in this group. I believe Psalms 83 will be linked with the Antichrist. I understand that. And Ezekiel 38 is the Russian-led group. So several attempts to make to overthrow Israel. And on the battlefield they're losing. At the UN, it's a struggle for Israel because the UN is against Israel. Because most of the countries in the Union are communists, are Islamic. Islam is in China, Islam is in Russia, and both countries appeases those guys. They, they appease them. North America appeased them also by saying certain things and talking certain ways and trying to make an excuse for them. But at some point, the West 
and that group is going after a fight because it's an expansionism program in the world. Now, folks, let's move on. I bring you here now to back to time. God's trying to show us here, human government. Six thousand years, human government reigning. God have no plan for Islam to be a world power. God has no plan for Russia to be a world power. So why is it happening the way it is right now? And the answer is very plain. It's in Ezekiel 38-39. Look at this. I hope we can get the scripture tonight. If not, we get it later on. Ezekiel 38. He was Gog, the prince, and the land of Magog. Coming with him, with the Islamic group, with the invasion. The invasion is going to be so massive, so great, that the United States and Europe are going to ask Russia, have you come to take a spoil? And they will not get involved. Israel have no idea they're being invaded from the north, from the mount coming down there. Because they're not coming with airplanes. They're coming with historical ancient weapons. Swords. Notice when they kill someone today, they don't always use their gun. They use their weapon and knives and the swords. The method of killing in the Revelation is by beheading. You don't behead with bullets. What they're doing right now, beheading people. Cutting their hands off. Dismembering them. People are doing that. Both sides are doing that. But when God and the Arab nations come and invade Israel quietly and privately, God is going to miraculously, without any nuclear weapon, any guns fired, going to bring it to a total end. And that will be the end of this group. They will cease to exist after that. Pharaoh succeeded for all those years. God raised him up to get a name off out of him. God allowed this group, because the West and the world reject Jesus Christ, God allowed this group to rise to prominence in Russia, to rise to a point where the whole world is scared of them. will. Right now, America is afraid to do anything. And they realize that. That's dangerous. Because they make something that more bolder. <laughs> now, look at this, folks. When this happened here, you're going to read tonight in the Scripture where God is going to get himself a name. Because he's going to rain down fire and brimstone Rain and earthquake from heaven, and they will not land in Jerusalem 
They're all going to die upon the mount of Jerusalem in the north. And the whole world is going to hear <coughs> that this powerful jihad invasion under the guise of the superpower of Putin. In fact, it says Putin going to be there himself and die with them. The prince of God, may God going to be there himself, leading the charge, a guard to them. That's how bold he is. He told him this week, in two weeks if I want, I can take Ukraine. He told him that. Right now, European countries coming together, trying to put a strategy together how to defend themselves because they're scared of a Russian expansion program, which they can't stop. They don't know the Bible. But it's going to happen. Fear got so big, it says, Who is the law that I know not God? That's what, exactly what they said when they sent the Sputnik in the sky. Remember? The Russians sent the Sputnik in the sky. He said, Our Argonaut went to heaven, and we didn't see any God up there. There is no God. He took his shoes off and knocked the podium several times. I remember that. Yeah, the Khrushchev did that. And laughed at the Americans. said, There is no God. And when he went home, the Bolsheviks then put him down. They demoted him and, and banished him. Do you know Khrushchev's wife is a Jew? You know most Russian Jews are anti-God. <clears throat> Hello. God only just have a name. And then it said the whole world, like they have Egypt, and realized Pharaoh was not a God. He was just a man. The Six-Day War the world know that Israel didn't win that war. America happened. The Yom Kippur War. You know they didn't, they didn't win that war. And all the Bible properties, all the Bible land are in their hand. And anything they lose today, they gave it up by negotiation. But they never lost on the battlefield. Now, church, at what point? At what point? Did the the magician said. Pharaoh, this is the hand of God. I'm going to tell you, after Ezekiel 38, there'll be no more jihad. And the world, everybody, are going to throw away their religion and turn to believe in the God of the Jews when they saw what happened. Because the news is going to spread like wildfire. How the God of Israel destroyed Gog and Magog and all the armors with them. Three times they come and they fail. Now, let me tell you why this is going to happen now. The reason why God is going to overthrow the jihadites and Russia is to make room for this man to reign. Are you with me? The Antichrist. And when the Antichrist... who made a peace treaty with Israel, that was the reason why Russia and Islam came from the north. Because a peace treaty was made in Daniel chapter 9, tells you very plainly in 27, that when he made a peace treaty, they become an unwalled city. Carnal security. 
and they're going to hear about it and they're not going to agree with it. They're going to violate that agreement and come down suddenly. Three times they tried suddenly to, to come at them at 1967 and 1975 in the, in the Yom Kippur War. And in both cases, they failed. They're going to do one more time, but this time with Russia as their guide. Folks, read for yourself. Now, when God is through, only one-sixth of the, United, of the USSR army will left. Only one-sixth. One-sixth! And let me tell you why they're left. Go to Revelation chapter 20. Go there, please. Please, church, get your Bible. Don't, don't go on the board. Get your Bible. Get, get you in your hand. I want to get in your hand. I, I'm, I'm talking to you tonight. Get your Bible so you know. You can talk to somebody about it and find a page. If you don't handle your tool, you won't know how to use it in war. Praise God. I'm taking the thing you're not going to hear anywhere else. Not from Jesus' name, church. But this church, you're going to hear it. Chapter 20. Satan. Let me jump ahead of myself here. We'll be bound for a thousand years, right? Right? And then he's going to bound for a thousand years. That's the millennium. Where Israel is going to reign. Israel is going to reign exactly as Ezekiel 44 to 48 says. A new temple. A new priesthood. The whole thing happening. Well, folks, don't know about that. We'll discuss that later on. But right now, when, when Russia. And those countries hear what's going on. They are going to be angry and mad. And they come this time with the largest crowd ever known on earth. It's like a storm. A cloud. And God says, I'm going to use earthquakes, fire and brimstone and rain, and kill them all on top of the mountain. For seven months, they'll be bearing bodies. And that's not Armageddon war yet. You didn't know that? Don't look at me. I'll show you later on. It's true. For seven months, they'll be burying people. And after seven years, the land shall be cleansed of those dead bodies. But notice in verse 6 to 8, verse 20, by the time God destroyed them in, in, 30, in 39 of, of Ezekiel. The only world power left will be the, the beast and the false prophet. So he can reign and God going to correct the, the world scenery. So we come back to this picture. Look at this picture. That's chapter 2. There is no Russian or Islamic group in there. There's none. There are just parenthetical problems. Are you with me? Usurping prophetic history. They're trying to become a world power. There is no world power except Daniel's image. We've had regional powers, but not world power. I understand that. World power. As far as God's concerned. America is not a world power. She's a regional power. She got no power with China. Now, who is the devil have left when the Antichrist is cast in a lake of fire? Huh? In chapter 19 of Revelation. Who does he have left to fight with him? Nobody but the one-sixth army that was left. 
Gog and... Come on, folks. Walk to me, man. Come on, church. Wake up. Who does he have left to fight with him? What does it say right there? Read it. Read it. Don't look at me. What does it say? The devil go out and get what? Gog and Magog and all of the nation of the world to do what? To come up on the holy beloved city. What's that name of the beloved city? What is the name of that beloved city? Jerusalem. Right here. Look, folks. Look at my map. Right here. At the end of a thousand years, it's going to happen right here. I'm going to burn them all up right here. And then the devil will cast the lake of fire where the false prophets are. And then come the white throne judgment. And the rest is history. That's when the church is going to reign. Because we're going to judge the world with Jesus Christ. So, I believe many Arabs are going to be saved when they realize that the Egyptians, that Pharaoh was not God. When they realize the true God and his name. The Egyptian, what do they do? They came out with Moses. Did they not? It says a mixed multitude came out with Moses when they realized what? That Pharaoh, God, was wrong. And Moses was right. There must come a time when the true God must show up. And the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. And I'm trying to tell you, the future of Islam and Russia around the world is in chapter 38, 39 of Ezekiel. And the future of Satan is in chapter 20 of the book of Revelation. You hear me, folks? And the future of the church, Christians, is Revelation 21, 22. And the future of an unbelieving world is Revelation 20 and a white throne judgment. And the future of this heaven and earth as you know it is in Revelation 21, verse 1 to 3. It passes away. My God, you guys are excited? You know, if I was preaching somewhere else, they'd be shouting, talking in tongues, and, and jumping in the eye. You guys look at this. Okay, Pastor. <laughs> Can we go home now and have pizza? Yes, you may. Church, how about you? My soul rejoices in the Lord, and my heart rejoices in God of my salvation. When I look and think about who's in charge, and I realize all is coming to an end, and God declared the end from the beginning. Now, church, look at this right here. I'm going to point some things out to you. When, I'm going to do this first, because I want you to get this first before you do anything else. And I won't keep you, and I'll then three more hours, and I'm done. I'm working overtime now. Here's why Israel was in bondage. And the Arabs don't know this, and the world don't know this, and Israel don't even know this. In verse 23 to 29, the reason why Israel was kicked out of the promised land, the reason why the temple was burnt, 
The reason why they went through all the agony and the pain and the sorrow and the pain that they went through, the Bible tells you very plainly right here. He says, there will be no more repeat of it. Ezekiel 39, 22-23. He says, it will never happen again. Israel will never leave that land. And you cannot drive Israel out of that land. It is impossible. It is totally impossible. Nobody can drive that nation out of that place. And they will come home. Whether they like it or not, they have to come home. Because God's in charge. So here's why Israel was driven out. Ezekiel 39, verse 23 29. All of Israel shall be saved, Paul says, when God finished with the Gentiles. Did he say that? Yes. Right? Blindness in part happened to Israel until all of the Gentiles, what? Come in. And then all Israel shall be saved. Jacob shall be saved. Now, folks, look at this here. Please walk with your fingers in the scripture with me. When God overthrew that army of Gog and Magog and her and her confederates, look what's going to happen. Who will be praised? Not Israel. 39 and verse 6, what it says there. Look at your Bible. In fact, put it on the board for those who don't want to read their Bible. We've got some people here that believe in uh, a socialist Bible, so they'll read their Bible. Read it for them on the board, okay? All right. 39 verse 6. Then the world shall know that the Lord, He's God. 39 7. The world going to know that He's God. 39 13. They're going to know that He is God. 39 21 23. They're going to know that He is God. 39, 25, they're going to know that He is the true God. 39, 28, 29, they're going to know that Jesus Christ is the true God. Jesus is not just a son of God. He's not just a man. He's the Almighty God, the Holy One. Zechariah 14, and verse 6 to 8, and His name shall be one. So it won't be the five pillars of Islam that saved man. It will be the fivefold ministry of God. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one name is above every other name, and one church. Now, I believe everybody has a right to believe what they want to believe. If they want to be a Muslim, they should be able to be one. If they want to be a Catholic, they should be one. Whatever they want to be. But at the end, folks, I want to say we all have to appear before the judgment seat of God. Whoever God is. And to us, is Jesus Christ. To us, God is Jesus Christ. Right? And to the Muslim, it's Allah. Right? And to the uh, Chinese, it's Krishna or Shintu, or whatever the name is. And so, uh, the God's many. There are many gods. But to us, there's only one. We do not believe there's a trinity. There's only one God. you got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hello? Now, if Allah is the name of God in Arabic, I hope they mean the God of Abraham, which would mean Jehovah God, who says his name is Jesus Christ, and Jesus, the man, is his prophet. Right? Oh my. Right? Now, folks, look at this here. So, what's going to happen, church? I believe, this is what I believe, because the tribulation will begin, God does not want anybody to compete with the Antichrist. So he will remove out of his way all the opposing forces. When when the world hear what happened 
And I said, look, the God of Israel won. The Pope going to rise up. He said, see, our God is the true God. Because the Pope is going to claim the God of Israel. And give credence to the Antichrist. Who himself is going to be a Jew. So he can rejoice at what took place. Because he will be a Syrian Jew. Think about it. Now, that's what's going to happen. And so, seven year peace treaty. But this Syrian Jew is evil. Because he will not keep his promise to Israel. Read the ninth chapter of Daniel. He will break his promise in the middle of the week and stop them from worshiping. You know something I found in the Bible? The mosque, the Dome of the Rock, is not on the exact site of the temple. It's actually the outer court. I'm going to say that. We live in the chapter of the book of Revelation. It says, measure not the outer what? Court. It's given to the Gentiles. Woo! Oh, my wife says, oh, 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 hallelujah. Do you ever notice when they pray, they turn their back to the, to the mosque and turn their face to Mecca, the most holy place in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabians are the children of Lot, who left the altar of Bethel, for the altar of Ai. That's what Sister Kim. Makes sense? Folks, Christianity is going to win without a sword. They will not shed anybody's blood. We're going to win by our faith. Our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, so right here, folks. So let, let's, let's read our Bible. In fact, it's too late to go into chapter right now. I want you... We, we'll come back to this. We will come back to it. Is that all right? We will come back to it. But I want to say something on it, folks. When you read it, here's when this thing is going to happen. The proof to you on the close on this. I haven't read the chapter yet. I'm still not clear yet. We have to remind me. This is part one. Okay? In Ezekiel 38 and verse 8, it tells you when these things are going to happen. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Verse 8, in the latter years. In verse 16, it says what? In the latter what? Days. Verse 17, it's going to happen when? Many years to what? Come. In verse 19, in that day. I'm going to stop right there. I want to do with you an analysis of what I talk about. But I'm going to ask you to please read Ezekiel 38, 39. Read it three times, four times, five times, and look at it and realize where it's going. And then when you finish reading that, read Psalms 83. Let's stand. Now, I want to tell you what Psalms. 83 says alright it says that in fact I want to read to you 
You can look it up. It tells you that the nations what? What tells you there? It named the countries that are coming against Israel. Now, I know there's a scripture that tells me that Israel cannot cease to be a nation. It says that. And I don't remember exactly where it's found. I thought I had it on my board here. Let me see if I have it here. It says, If the moon and the stars, in Jeremiah somewhere there it says, Jeremiah somewhere, especially the scholars in this church here, Hear what the words found? If the sun and the moon and the stars above can be what? Measured, then Israel will cease to be what? A nation. In other words, if you can hijack the sun and the moon and the stars so that it ceases to shine, then God says, I will make Israel no longer be a nation. I can't find the scripture right now, but I do know it says that. It says, She will always be a what? A nation. I don't have it here with me here. But they want to destroy that people. It's not going to happen. Now, is Israel better than Muslims? No. Is Christians better than the world? No. These are just the plan of God. The end time will be a religious battle. Because when you come to Antichrist, folks, he'll be an Assyrian Jew. Most of the Jews in Israel today were not born there. They were born in captivity. They go home. So don't find it strange that a, a, a man come called the Antichrist should be a Jew that was not born in Jerusalem, but born in Syria. Hello? And you know I know that? Antiochus Epiphany, a forerunner, like Jezebel was a forerunner of girls in the church. Right? Jezebel was a forerunner of women to be in the church in Revelation. Is that right? So was Baal, and so was the wealth. Balaam? So of also Jesus Christ. But they're not the Christ. Now, church, all that's happening in our world today will not last. It's coming to an end. You need to know. Let not your heart be troubled. God has control. And so Russia will not be stopped by the USA. It was stopped by God. When you read Ezekiel 38, you know who he's talking about. And look at the nations. I gave you the list of the nations you're dealing with. And you know who they are. And every one of those countries today are anti-Israel. Every one of them are still want to overthrow the nation of Israel. And Israel miraculously survived. And nobody can tell how. But God, for once and for all, will let the world know that they're not surviving by their weaponry. But by His power. By His Word. Let's worship Jesus. If you have your calculator, look up there. It says, if the ordinance of the shall depart, look upon your. You guys, with the calculator, should know where to find this. Easy. It says, and Israel will cease to be a nation. All right, Jeremiah. That's not right to me. Jeremiah thirty-one, what? 
Jeremiah 3, 1, put it there, please. If those ordinances depart from before me, to the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me from forever. Now, you, you compare that to, to Psalm 83. They said that she ceased to be a what? Nation. These guys are fighting against God and they don't know it. Now, I, now, do you think Muslims are sincere? I believe they are. Everybody on this earth is sincere what they're doing. But that don't make us right. You think Christians are sincere? Yes. Is, does that make us right? No. What makes us right? The Word of God. The Bible has no other secondary commentary. It's his own commentary. Any question on this side here? That clear and easy? Lord of mercy. On this side here. Young people, what do you think? I, I feel sorry for your generation. You have to face the beast, the false prophets, the Lord tarries. Anybody on this side here? You all looking at me all that question mark. Don't ask me after this because I'm going to be sitting there I'm tired. I'm retiring, sorry. Anybody here? Quickly. Is that easy? On this side here? Yes, sir, because that's a prelude to the Great Tribulation. What's happening here is these guys do not want Israel to own that land. They want the Palestinians to own it. And also, they are fulfilling prophecy, what they're doing, but everything is being rearranged in the world today for that man to reign. God is not going to reign with many religions. For example, Isaiah 5. After that battle takes place, all religion will come together as one, and they will say, Let's be called by your name. Seven major religions will come together as one, ecumenical. Let's be called by your name. But we eat our own bread. Did you know this week, Perez of Israel visit the Vatican and recommend that there be one world religion look it up on Google look it up for yourself what is he doing there what is, and, and told the Pope he has the answer to bring peace in the Middle East does he really? Most of the Christians being killed in the Middle East are actually not Pentecostals. They are actually Catholics. They're from the uh, Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church. It's the crusade all over again. The Jesuits. But time has changed so much that they can't come and say it as it is. They're being diplomatic, but they're fighting. And true Christians are not allowed to carry weapons. Not allowed to kill, spill blood. You cannot do that. Otherwise, no murderer should go to heaven. So, we're like sheep before the slaughter. 
Amen. But as your question, God is paving the way for this man to reign. Because that man is reserved for Jesus Christ to deal with. Because he will come. I'll give you an idea, folks. Please bear with me, please. Turn to uh, Ezekiel 28. And look what this man is saying. Ask his question, where's Tyrus? What does the Khomeini mean? What does the Iman mean? What does that mean to those people? What does the Shiite pray to their Iman? Who is this Mahdi? Who is he? Son of man, son of the prince of Tyrus. Where's Tyrus? Where's Tyrus? Towards the West Bank. Right where the Philistines were. Right? This is the Lord God, because of that heart, it lifted up. And they were said in... I am what? said, I am God. And sit in the seat of God in the midst of the seas. Yet thou art what? Just a man and not God. Though thou set the heart to be as God. Next verse. Behold, thou art, thou art wiser than what? Daniel. There's no secret you had from thee. In other words, this guy have a supernatural intelligence. You take that same scripture and compare to Second Thessalonians chapter what? 2. Exact scripture. Tyre, Sidon. Where's that? Right in the West Bank area, right in that area. He's coming out of there. He's going to plant his seat among the seas when he says, I am God. <laughs> right there. That man, he says in chapter 2 and verse 1 to 4, I think of Thessalonians, that he's God. So church, you know, I don't know if you believe this is happening. We're, we're, we're blessed to be in this world, but you don't know what's incubating in Canada. You don't know what's incubating in Canada. And when the devil gives us command, you don't know what will happen. Hitler and Putin have the same idea. Nationalism, Germany be great again. Huh? And then cultural genocide is spread. At first, they ignored him. They appeased him. Right? They appeased him. He got so big, folks believed in him, they couldn't control it. The world plunged in World War II. Now, World War III is going to be the same way, put into the same way, and God says he will succeed until his back is broken in chapter 38. He will be the man that will lead them into that situation. He said, Russia will be great again. China is silently just doing our stuff. And China and Russia are like Siamese twins. India is on the fence with the West. But India will be overthrown by Islamic group because they're just waiting to do it. India is a Islamic country, so is Pakistan. And by the way, Pakistan is not even Pakistan. Pakistan are Indian call themselves Pakistan. Is that right? They're Islamic. Right? What do they want to do? Conquer. Conquer. What does Russia want to do? Conquer. America could conquer, but she's not that kind of person. She got the heart of a what? A humanity. So the Bible says the, uh, the, the, the lion had a heart of a man given to him. So to a humanitarian. We could go on and go on and go on. Church, you say you have all the answers? Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus. Let's pray.
I pray for our world. I pray for every Arab, every Westerner, every African, every European. It's not your will that Satan should deceive all of us and hurt us and harm us and make us fight each other and hate each other. God, you said, woe 